And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, November the 21st, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1789, North Carolina became the 12th state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Today in 1967, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Air Quality Act. He probably had no idea what extreme that would be taken to. Today in 1980, an estimated 83 million TV viewers turned into CBS uh, primetime soap opera, Dallas. Remember Dallas? Well, 83 million viewers. That's a lot in anyone's estimation. They turned in to see who had shot JR. Turned out, I, I think his sister-in-law or something like that had done so, but you had to wait till next year. We didn't watch it a whole lot. Marjorie and I did. We saw a few episodes of it, but it captured the attention of the nation for sure. Today in 2012, Israel and the Hamas militant group, yeah, today in 2012, Israel and the Hamas military group, a militant group in Gaza agreed to cease fire to end eight days of fiercest fighting in nearly four years. Today in 2021, a man drove an SUV into a suburban Milwaukee Christmas parade, leaving six people dead and more than 60 injured. This is Daryl Brooks Jr. He was convicted of 76 counts, including six counts of first-degree intentional homicide. He would be sentenced to life in prison with no chance of release. And today in 2022, NASA's Orion capsule it reached the moon, it whipped around the far side and buzzed the lunar surface on its way to a record-breaking orbit with test dummies setting in for astronauts. It was the first time a capsule visited the moon since NASA's Apollo program 50 years ago. That struck me. Has it been 50 years ago? I guess it has. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? I want to talk to you a little bit today about our children, as we prepare over the next couple of days for Thanksgiving, a time to thank God for all of his blessings. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think there's a place in God, not because any one person becomes so super spiritual they get to that point, some of the most super spiritual people I've met as a pastor over the years were not so much in the end. But um, I think we get to a point where it becomes a habit where our life and our view, our worldview, but just our view of things that are happening in the daily life, it all we relate all of it to the Lord. And when something good happens, we praise the Lord. Thank you. We are thankful. To the Lord. It just becomes a habit. It becomes a part of who we are. It becomes who we are. And we just express that way. And when something bad, when something goes wrong and we're challenged or difficulties or losses or griefs or whatever, we ask the Lord to help us. We know he is an ever-present help in time of need. I think that is the spirit of thanksgiving, and that is the spirit that will be in millions of homes across America this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving. But some homes will not have that 
It will be empty, contentious, and meaningless to some, perhaps too many. So we want to be talking about Thanksgiving, and we will be tomorrow, and certainly on Thanksgiving Day. But I want to talk to you a little bit about our family and our children today. There is a move among children that I am very, very grateful for. Not everyone agrees with me, but I, I deeply believe it is time to take a good look at education as it relates to our children. Even the Washington Post is admitting in a story they published yesterday, and I'm not a fan of the Washington Post and I don't agree with, I don't even believe some of the things they say. But this struck me as a, a rare moment of truth with the um, Washington Post. It's admitting, it's a feature story, it's admitting that homeschooling has become, by a wide margin, America's fastest growing form of education as families from upper Manhattan to eastern Kentucky, meaning from the very rich to the very poor in some cases, eastern Kentucky, embrace a largely unregulated practice once confined to the ideological fringe. They've always put homeschooling on the fringe. They've marginalized it, the press and the secularists, the atheists and so on. The Post is admitting that that's all changing. Now, they have to admit it because it is. And a lot of people know it. I hope everyone knows it. The Post's own polling results seem to have surprised them. There is was an element of surprise in their article that I, I read through at, with some interest and with great attention. The Post says, quote, the analysis based on data the Post collected for thousands of school districts across the country, thousands of school districts, reveals that a dramatic rise in homeschooling at the outset of the pandemic has largely sustained itself through the 2022-23 academic year. That's this year. Defending, defending the predictions, or this is last year, defending the predictions that most families would return to schools that have dispensed with mask mandates and other COVID restrictions didn't work out that way. The growth demonstrates homeschooling's arrival as a mainstay of American educational system with its impact on society, on public schools, and above all on hundreds of thousands of children now learning outside a conventional academic setting, only beginning to be felt, Bezos' paper says. The Post article, as I said, is lengthy, and part of it, there's an element, a thread in it, if if you read the article, and I have sourced that in a, an article that I wrote today about this subject on our website, faithandfreedom.us. But if you look at this, and you see there's a thread through the story, they can't quite con- let, allow themselves to be converted to the truth, there is this thread that they're 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 finding it very difficult, but they're trying to defend public education. But they're not trying very hard. And there was a time very recently when the secular media, particularly the New York Times, the, the Washington Post, the Baltimore Sun, the Los Angeles Times, the Miami Herald, those and others like them, and then those that just repeat whatever they publish in their local newspapers, 
there was a time when they wouldn't even admit that homeschooling was a legitimate way to educate a child. Now they're not only admitting it, they're reporting its overwhelming impact on America. I, As I said, the article is very long, but I cooked down a few things from it that doesn't change the essence of the article, but it gives you an overview of it. And I think everyone, parent, grandparent, you know, Gen Z, on your way to a great life, I think everybody needs to be aware of, of this and what's happening. Because not all the media is going to publish a, an article like this, and I was surprised that the Post did. But to their credit, they did. But I've just kind of reduced it down and, and summarized um, a part of, the, of this lengthy article. In states with comparable enrollment figures, they say, they found, the number of homeschooled students increased 51% over the last past six school years, far outpacing the 7% growth in private school enrollment. Homeschool increased 51% during the same period, I'm repeating, uh, the pub, uh, private school enrollment was 7%, public school enrollment dropped 4% in those states over the same period. The decline is partly or mostly attributable to homeschooling. Homeschooling surge popularity crosses every measurable line of politics, geography, and demographics. It's not just the mega people, as they like to call the, us, them. It isn't just conservatives. It isn't just religious people. It's all kinds of people. The demographics are all over the place. The number of homeschool kids has increased 373% over the past six years in a small city in Anderson, South Carolina, the time the Post says. It has also increased 358% in a school district in the Bronx. It doesn't matter where it is. In three, 390 districts included in the Post's analysis, there was at least one homeschooled child for every 10 in public schools during the 2021-22 academic year. The most recent for which district-level federal enrollment data is available. But the trends are saying that when the data becomes available beyond 2022, which would be 2023 at 24, it's going to be even more anti-public school. They said the most recent for the for the district level federal uh, enrollment data are available, uh, and they're not so, of course, for this year. That's roughly quadruple the number of districts with high rates in 2017 and 2018. So just a few years ago, it has skyrocketed the number of people that are homeschooling their children. An urgent challenge is given for a public education system that faced dwindling enrollment even before the pandemic, says the Washington Post. Of all people, I can think of a dozen conservative newspapers or news organizations that would be saying this because it's true. But I, I am surprised that any of the large, you know, legacy, as they call them, news organizations, are even admitting this. They are. At least this one is. At least once. Despite claims that the homeschooling boom is a result of failing public schools, the Post says, 
The Post found no correlation between school district quality as measured by standardized test scores and homeschooling growth. In fact, high-scoring districts had some of the biggest spikes in homeschooling early in the pandemic, though by the fall of 2022, increases were similar regardless of the school performance. So it's not even the school performance. I mean, yes, people move to certain communities because they understand they have good public schools. I mean, I am well aware of that. But this is beyond that. This supersedes that. It isn't just, there are no good schools in my neighborhood, so I'm going to teach my kid, homeschool my child. It's beyond that. It's more than that. The Post found that because they do not cover every state, the figures cannot provide a total count of the country's homeschool children. There's a whole bunch of states that don't report it. Uh, Washington does. Oregon does not. Idaho, I, I can't remember. I, I believe they do not report. Anyway, there's a bunch of schools that do not report uh, the, the numbers of homeschoolers in, the, in their state. But the National Center for Education Statistics reported that in 2019, before homeschooling's dramatic expansion, there were about 1.5 million kids being homeschooled in the United States. That's the last official federal estimate. That was in 2019. So that's been, what, four years ago? Almost five years ago. Based on that figure and the growth since then, then in the states that track homeschooling, the Post estimates that there are now between 1.9 million and 2.7 million homeschooled children in the U.S., depending on the rate of increase in areas without reliable data. But they're pretty sure that there is, and I'm, I would imagine they're understating the case. By comparison, there are fewer than 1.7 million in Catholic schools, according to the National Catholic Education Association. There's about 3.7 million students attending charter schools in the fall of 2021. They don't have 2022 or obviously 23 yet. But that's according to the most federal, uh, most recent federal data. Many people have said, and I've, they've talked to me as when I was a pastor and, and just friends have talked to me about homeschooling. They said, I'd really like to homeschool my child. But, you know, it isolates the child and they, they don't have social development. They don't have friends to interact. With, and it, it, they don't socialize properly. That's been one of the objections to homeschooling in the past. But that was then and this is now and things have changed dramatically. It's not so anymore. Parents parents pull around the circular driveway to drop their children off in the morning. So begins this illustration from the post. It says students climb the steps and hang their back, backpacks on the hooks. Katie Rose greets her charges, sends them into a classroom festooned with artwork where they open their laptops and begin working through math problems. But Rose is not a teacher. This is not a school. Every child here is a homeschooler. Rose is actually a registered nurse. She had never studied or worked in education before starting her own micro school, where her title is guide for students who study math and reading online and depend on her for many other subjects. They tell this story. Her program is part of a company called Prenda, P-R-E-N-D-A 
which last year served about 2,000 students across several states. It connects homeschool families with micro-school leaders who host students, often in their homes. It's like, like Airbnb for education, says this Prentice CEO. But this organization is new, and there are others like this that are starting up. And I, again, I'm, I'm surprised and pleased that the Post would even mention it. But in this case, parents decide what the children are going to learn. Does that sound familiar, that debate? Of course. Virginia's torn in asunder in the state over that argument. The teachers there and the teachers union and the, the, the complex, the education complex, has said publicly that they don't believe that the parents have a right to decide what the children are going to be taught. The educators know better. Remember that? It ended up with Glenn Youngkin, an unknown, a very successful businessman and a deeply committed Christian, sharp guy. I mean, very articulate, very bright. But he became governor of the state on that issue. He said, wait a minute, I don't agree with that. And he has kids and he lives in Virginia and so on. So he runs for governor and he was elected. This issue runs deep. Parents care whether they're religious or Catholic or Protestant or whatever they are. It runs deep. We love our kids. And we want the best for them. I think there's pitiful few people who don't want the best for their child. Maybe they can't give them the best, but they want them to have the best. And when it comes to educating a child, you're shaping who that person is and who they become. And it's important. That's why there's so much in the Bible about train up a child and and so on. So much in Deuteronomy, Moses wrote extensively about the relationship and the parent. Tell your children, teach your children. When When you're lying down, when you're standing up, when you're walking, when you're by the gate and so on. I mean, there's verses and verses and verses about make the beliefs that your child has, make them a priority to teach them the truth. And when you put that up against where we are today in our country, our country is unraveling on so many levels. And and one of the reasons, if not the main reason, and I believe it is the main reason, that this is happening is because we have turned our back on the morality and the values upon which this nation was founded. And values are what you think is valuable. And what we think is valuable. I got, I got, a, I got an email. Uh, it was a, a text or email. Uh, email. The other day, this person was a little upset at me for using the word values all the time. And they said, well, you know, what is values? You, you can't define values. Well, I can define values. I didn't respond to the email, but I can re- I can I can define values. Values are what is valuable to you. It's what you put a priority on. That is your values. If your value is, you know, going to the Seahawks football game every Sunday, that's fine. If your values is is going to church every Sunday, that's much better. I mean, you have everybody has values. There's things that they value. I don't. I find the. I can't find the mystery in that. But nonetheless, but this nation was founded on, upon, biblical, values, traditional biblical values. So we have an education that has turned this system that has turned this nation away from those founding, founding, principles and values.
This gal is, uh, this Rose is a registered nurse. An explosion of new options, including Perenda, has transformed homeschooling in America. Demand is surging. Hundreds of thousands of children have become homeschooling in the last three years. It's an unprecedented spike. That's a quote from the Post. The new world of homeschooling often looks very different. There are pods, there are co-ops, there are micro-schools, and there are hybrid schools, often outside the home, as well as real-time and recorded virtual instruction. For a growing number of students, education now exists somewhere on a continuum between school and home, in-person and online, professional and amateur. And these kids are doing phenomenal with their grades and in their tests. The parents are in full control of the student's education. And it's education, not indoctrination. One thing has become very clear. Parents, rich or poor, whether they live in Manhattan or what was it, East Kentucky, it doesn't matter. They're fed up with public education because public education is stealing our children. They're indoctrinating them, making them into a person that God never intended for them to become. And we are allowing that to happen until now. And now there is a pushback and sure, it would be great if the kids could go to school and we could all go to you know, the events at the school and see our neighbors that we don't see very often anymore because we're all so busy and blah, blah, blah. But they've taken that away from us. The school isn't the center of the community, nor is the church the center of the community in times of tragedy and times of coming together. They've ripped our communities apart, the left. And when they stand pompously, virtue signaling, how they're better than whomever at election time. Keep all this in mind. Parents are fed up with public education. We put thousands of dollars. We write a check every year to support this nonsense. And it is nonsense. It's not only not helping children, it's destroying children. The Seattle Times said this in September, just a few months ago. Seattle Public Schools is facing declining enrollment, they said. Community meetings began last month about the district's vision for well-resourced schools. They always, want, they, they always believe more money is going to solve the problem. If you spend 10 bucks and you get a disaster, if you'll just spend $20, we will we will be great. Everybody knows that's not true. We've been around and we've observed. They always... Come back to investment. We have to invest more. That means we need to pay more tax money into the schools. That isn't the problem. They don't need money. They don't know what to do with the money anyway. They waste it on studies and committees. But I'll tell you, the Seattle Times said they that the district's vision for well-resourced schools, that means as I said, more money, through the district says these meetings won't include discussing consolidating the district's 106 school buildings, but closures are clearly on the table for the next school year. That means this coming school year. Seattle Times says declining enrollment is not a Seattle-only issue. It's national in nearly every state. Public schools are projected to have fewer students by the end of the decade, even in states with fast-growing populations. There is no um, cookie cutter response to this and the left wants there to be because that's how they function everybody rich and the poor the religious and the non-religious and every other category and tribe that you can fit people into 
people in all of these little groups of people, demographics, are saying, you know, I'm done with public education. I'm not going to give my children to them. There is a chorus, a unified chorus, against public education today. And we need to know about it. We need to be aware. Senator Marsha Blackburn, I'm sure many of you, if you follow and you do, you follow the news. She's a terrific lady. I have spent quite a bit of time in Nashville. I've never met her, but I, I know a lot of people who know her personally. They just think the world of her. They said she's the real deal. And she is, if you watch her on the news. But she, uh, she, she said this the other day. She said, in many schools, education has been replaced with indoctrination. And the teaching of critical race theory and radical gender ideology has become pervasive. She said, almost 6,000 public schools around the country prevent faculty and staff from notifying a child's parents without the child's permission. If the student decides to change his or her gender. She said, instead of teaching civics the traditional way, many schools now teach action civics, which she went on to describe as a woke alternative that encourages students to engage in protests related to certain left-wing causes. Absolutely right. That's what they teach your child at their school now. Forget the math and all of that. I mean, that's a part of it. It has to be because of the thousands of dollars people are giving to public schools. It has to be a part of it, but it's a small part. It's not a focus. The focus is on issues, unions, and children marching for their freedom to mutilate their body and try to become the opposite, the other sex, or whatever, or no sex, or trans What I mean, it's, it's Looney Tunes. Given the state of our education, it should be no surprise that a mere 25% of students achieve the proficient standard on the National Assessment of Education Progress Civics Assessment. There are countless reasons, she says, why America serves as a beacon of freedom to nations around the world, but you can trace them all back to our most fundamental values. That is so true. Daniel Webster was second generation in our country. He was said to be one of the most proficient, if not the most effective senator ever to serve our country, Daniel Webster, a distant relative of Noah Webster. But Daniel Webster said, finally, let us not forget the religious character of our origin. Our fathers were brought here by the high veneration for the Christian religion. They journeyed by its light, labored in its hope. They sought to incorporate its principles with the elements of their society and to diffuse its influence through all their institutions, civil, political, or literary. That's where we are today. We have lost that. We have forgotten that. We've put, set it aside. And we've tried to become something that we were never intended to be by our founders. And I personally believe by God. Thanks for being with me today. And thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can contribute on our website. I'll see you tomorrow.